Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. We do, except today we're talking a little bit outside of Stranger Things. And we're talking about D&D, but not the way we spoke about D&D before. But we wanted to delve in to the satanic panic of the 1980s. Yeah. Um, so, we thought this would be a good opportunity. One, because it is, it's spooky month. It is spooky month. It is spooky month. Um, but also, it seems like it's going to play a big part in season four. So, obviously, at the end of season three, um, when you had the video montage, I guess you could call it. I think it was just before the buyers tragically left to who knows where. Um, you had yeah, <laughs> you had that clip um, where essentially saying about satanic rituals and all that kind of stuff going on with D&D. And I don't want to get into it too much because I don't know how much legally we can say because I don't know <laughs> if we're allowed to really see it. But what I will say is that if you've seen the photo that is floating around of a certain character wearing a certain thing on them, I'd say it's going to play a big part in the yeah, upcoming season. Definitely. And obviously there's the like passing down of D&D to Erica mm. at the end of season three as well. Sort of like this is going to continue and it's like a new generation playing this mm. game. Um, so it, it does sort of have that symbolism and kind of significance that this game is going to play a bigger part or i mean it plays a part in every episode in like every season anyway uh, well like, in, uh, like season no but it does doesn't it like part, wasn't it <laughs> but it does it has obviously like a running D D link yeah. to to the show and and i think matt and ross duffer have said that they played D D. Mm when they were younger and it was it was a big game for lots of people in the 80s um so satanic panic how does satanism link in with the completely innocent dungeons and dragons board game that we know and love today so we did a little bit of research um and there seems to be a lot of absolutely wild yeah it is wild there seems to be a lot of things that seem to be leading up to it so I'm sure that most people who are listening um, to the podcast have probably heard the infamous if you play Stairway to Heaven um, by Led Zeppelin backwards, it will start saying things like the devil is coming, 666, etc, etc. And that was in 1971. And it seems to be like where D&D kind of came in the late 70s. It seems to be a lot of yeah. events like there was a big thing with the fear of the devil. <laughs> I guess yeah, you could say in that era. Subliminal messaging and rock music being really bad and having an awful influence and, you know, sort of this violence. But it but like I think that sort of has continued even now, you know, you hear a lot about how video games make people violent and mm. uh kids shouldn't be allowed to play certain games because it will make them violent. But now I think we sort of have more of a understanding and psychological understanding because of advancements of things mm. whereas back in the 70s and 80s 
it wasn't like that and we didn't have like things like the internet and stuff so scary rock music and this game that appeared where they're talking about d- demons and and all these things that you can fight in the game mm. that for a lot of people was a big red flag and something which was dangerous so mm. even though we now know that D is just an innocent fun role-playing game or that is everyone, it like <laughs> or is it um that lots of people love to play and and sort of have big friendship groups and big groups where they play the game back then people genuinely were were scared and worried mm. about the power that that this game had over the minds of young people which mm. to the point where they actually removed um, the, any references to demons and devil from the game I think mm-hmm. in the early 80s yeah, yeah because there was a lot of complaints yeah. and we'll get into all those complaints in a second because some of them are they're quite dramatic <laughs> yeah um, so there's actually three main cases like actual true crime true cases that happened in the late 70s and in the 80s where people believed that D&D was the root cause of what happened. Mm-hmm. So the first main case is in 1979 and it focuses on a 16-year-old student called James Dallas Egbert III, which is a wonderful name. A fabulous name. Fabulous name. And James was actually a college student. So he was sort of a child prodigy and, and had gone to college in America earlier. Obviously, he was 16 and typically you don't go until sort of 18. Um, so he went missing at, from his university dorm and no one knew where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so his parents hired a private investigator called William Deer. Now, good old William was doing his job, private investigating, mm-hmm. as as he as was a private investigator to do. does. Skater does, yes. And um, he had heard a little bit about D and D. Didn't really know what it was about, but he knew that James played this game. So he said that the disappearance was because of D and D which was then later reinforced because James was found in the tunnels, like the maintenance tunnels, like service mm. tunnels of the university. And they found out that that's actually where people, some people that played D&D would use those tunnels to reenact the game in like, in like real life versions of the game. Um, that's not what James was doing. James was down there because of a... Um, because of psychological mm. problems that he had and, and he needed um, some help with those. But he, because later on, he actually then ran away again and, and went to stay with one of his friends for like a whole month and didn't tell anyone where he was. Mm. Um, but William Deere put two and two together mm. and said he ran away, went to these tunnels because of D&D. And it must have been D&D that has made made him act this way and cause these psychological problems because D&D is bad. Mm. And uh, I think that was sort of the, the start, really, of this mm. problem <laughs> with, with D&D. 
It's one of those things that these true crime things annoy me. Not because of, because like, they are clearly very interesting, but it's annoying because I remember pre-season three, so just after season two, I had a theory <laughs> about all of this. And I don't know if I've mentioned it. I may have mentioned it. I'll go into it again very briefly. That I had a theory that obviously that D&D was kind of the root cause of all of this. And that I, in my mind it was, this is the subject to debate. In my mind it was Mike because he was the dungeon master that he was kind of unknowingly making all these things happen. So obviously there's the Demogorgon and Will rolls seven certain things he's taken and of course then later he is taken and then in at the end of season one when he's once again telling the story it is a story essentially of stranger things and this carries on then yeah in season two i guess in a sense it carries on that you could argue then everything's happened in will in will every you could argue that everything that's happened to will in season two is because of D D. at the beginning there is a reference to tunnels like in a, mm-hmm. that true crime story and that he's very, he mm-hmm. creates the tunnels, um, so to speak. Um, and then obviously in season three, we then have D&D at the centre again. Will really wants to play D&D as he tells us multiple times. There are compilation videos on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and obviously once again, the story that he creates is but it's will this time as the dungeon master he creates the story of season three essentially which then mike finishes off and explains the ending of season three in episode three so i had this real theory that it was a season three theory originally that somehow that would mean that DD had been this big thing and it was going to cause these issues and this only makes me believe more these stories and the idea of satanic panic that yeah i was right and it's gonna annoy me that i'm right because this was back in 2017 (laughs) yeah like the concept that it's actually not all like real and they Mm. were just playing the game the whole time and the whole show is just this really Mm. in-depth realistic game of dnt that would be (sighs) wild and then the game is passed on so erica continues it for it to continue kind of like a bit like jumanji yeah, yeah, actually, I suppose In that so. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also I mean, really I appreciate that. I was like, I'll briefly go into it when I just explain <laughs> my entire theory. But, like, I mean, you heard it here first. If it turns out to all be a dream. Or, you know, just the last episode of the final season just goes back to Will riding away saying it was a seven. Or he doesn't say it's a seven. He just rides off and everything's fine. See, it is one of those things where I do think part of me, if they did do that and they'd actually filmed the end of season five at the beginning of season one, I would be like, you know what? Fair play Fair to, play. especially yeah. to Finn, Noah, Gaten and Caleb, who have had to sit on that <laughs> for a good few years at this point. Yeah. But also, please don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so obviously that is a big case Mm. and obviously the whole tunnel thing and hiding under the tunnels and this realistic version of the game played a big part in starting Mm. uh, Satanic Panic and and this issue with the game. Then, a couple of years later, in 1982, someone called 
Irving Lee Pulling uh, shot himself in the chest and died. And Irving Lee Pulling's mum very strongly believed that this was because of D&D. So people in his class at school said that he also had a lot of um, like psychological problems and, and dealt a lot with his mental health. Mm. And there had been lots of sort of reports to support this and to support that it was that he needed psychiatric help. But his mum truly believed that it wasn't that he needed psychi- psychiatric help at all and it was that he played D&D. To the point where she actually created a group so she she sued the school for one thing Mm. because it was one of the teachers that started the game Mm -hmm. that he played and then two she tried to sue tsr who published dungeons dragons and owned dungeons dragons at this time that failed Mm. um the suing failed so she created a group Patricia Pulling, who was Irving Lee Pulling's mum, actually created then a group because she the suing didn't work and she didn't win any of the lawsuits. Um, so she created this group, which was BADD, B-A-D-D, which stands for Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and this was a huge um, advocacy group, which was against kind of the rules and the how you played D&D essentially um and she was just essentially against all role-playing groups and it is an interesting discussion to have actually because it's it's the same sort of thing now where you do talk about how some games you know that, that can be violent and you think there must be some impact, you know? Like, if you're playing a game where you're killing people Mm. and and it is a violent game, I can understand how that could have an impact on some people, and it does have an impact on some people. Mm. Um, When I was doing a... It's related to when I was doing a project um, with my youth theatre, I did little interviews, actually, on this, and obviously I won't go into too much detail because I don't think... Legally, I can. Um, But it was really interesting seeing actually all their responses. Because I did ask them specifically about, do you think video games cause violence? I thought, we'll we'll, we'll hit them with the hard topics. And it was very mixed. But the majority said yes. Which is what I find really weird. And so the age group there is... I think at the time it was 8 to 13... And it could have been parental influence. It could, you know, it could have been yeah. them saying, "Don't play." I, the Grand Theft Auto was the big one that was causing it. Yeah, yeah. Grand Theft Auto is, is a big one. Um, when I've worked with kids before, um, like I've had kids that have like made little like gun shops out of like Lego bricks. Yeah, that's the thing. It could have been part of that with them essentially saying, "No, you don't do this because." I'm a bit worried that you're too young. And it could be that mentality or it could genuinely be reacting to that scene with their friends and that was something that came up a few times. And it's so interesting yeah. that kind of idea is still... It's still kind of enforced, I guess, in a sense, in like that it younger is, group like, and it's still carrying on now. Video games obviously do have ratings the same way mm. the films do. And like people do sometimes like emulate 
what they are doing. Like, my favourite video game series is the Uncharted video game series. Mm. And, oh, my God, like, when I started playing that back in 2007, I would have been 12. Mm. And I wanted to be an explorer. Like, I wanted to be a treasure hunter. Mm. You know, like, I wanted to be Nathan Drake. So you are going to have that kind of emulating it. And especially, obviously, there is proof that some of these people did reenact mm. live versions of this game, you know, using these tunnels to do that. So it, it isn't too far-fetched to understand how this conclusion could have been like mm. decided and, and how they, they came to these conclusions. And as a parent losing her child you want a reason for that you know you don't want to accept mm. that that reason is that he decided that you know mm. you want a reason and if he's playing this game that they don't fully understand you know because because Dungeons and Dragons isn't it isn't a violent game you know it isn't like Grand Theft Auto mm. or Call of Duty or you know even like Fortnite which has like people killing each other you know it, mm. it isn't something like that but it was a role-playing game which probably was a bit scary for some people to sort of grasp the concept of like mm. you're role-playing characters so are you acting like these characters that could potentially be dangerous mm. and also I think it was like the first of its kind or one of the first of its kind like in a time where that wasn't mm. so normal yeah. you know and and she's a grieving parent who wants justice for the fact that her son has died you know mm. she wants a reason for that i suppose if you um, think of on that note think of say mike in season one then that actively mm. acting out that he is this creature and a monster and really getting into it yeah. that way so you i'm yeah. presuming that karen wheeler is just simply like you know what do we want mike as the wheelers typically are <laughs> but you can see why some parents would look at that and be like why is my child really getting into this and i think all the party yeah. did and you can see that in season yeah, one i mean will full-on comes around mike's house like i am now a wizard and this is who yeah. i am will the wise so you know what i mean but it's yeah hmm. no 100 percent, absolutely 100 percent. um and it, i i can definitely see why like a grieving parent hmm. would do that um I think that Patricia Pulling was also very, like, against anything that was the occult. Yeah. Anything that was the occult. And, and Dungeons and & Dragons was linked to the occult um, as well. So it was seen as a devil-worshipping occult mm. thing. I suppose if you think of... Some of the reply to that now, that Harry Potter, I think, had a very similar thing, didn't it? That it was very it much did. the idea of it's wizards and it's magic, and mm -hmm. anything that involves that kind of side Lord of it. Of the rings. Yeah, did it mean that anything that kind of, I guess that doesn't make sense in our reality, it's, yeah. it's going to be looked down yeah, on. Def yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, I think it's really important, this is too long a discussion to get into in this podcast it's a it's whole other thing but i think it's really important to know that like the occult it doesn't always mean devil worshipping and mm. scary cult people like the occult is an entirely different thing mm. um you know sometimes it can be linked to that but not always you know like it, it, I, but i think anything that's seen as as that is you know people think that pagans are dangerous people think that wiccans are dangerous but they're not you know mm. they're, they're not 
worshipping the devil Mm. um you know and i think people made that assumption with this game as well Mm. um there was another case a very extreme case in 1988 uh where chris pritchard actually um well allegedly masterminded the murder of his stepfather and someone that came in like with mask on so they couldn't see their face it's very elaborate um actually went in and attacked his stepfather and his own mother Mm. um and they think that he was the the mastermind behind this attack and then a couple of true crime authors that were writing about the attack made the link that chris pritchard was a dungeon master Ah, well there you go in the DD game and made the link that he must have got on sort of like a power trip from orchestrating these games and creating these games and and running them so he made that assumption you know he he wanted to put that into his real life Mm. and um orchestrated these attacks so i think all of this happening you know the first case was 1979 and then this the Chris Pritchard case was 1988 Mm. there was probably other cases in between and cases after and before but three really prominent cases happened less than a decade apart Mm. Uh, definitely um, made D&D seem like a pretty bad thing Um, however it did the opposite and the sales of D&D increased astronomically because of course it did (laughs) yep so in 1979 D&D was worth about 2.3 million um that is what TSR made that year and from sales um but in 1980 which was just a year later they made 8.7 million I mean, fair play to them, really. Yeah. However, by 1989, when the second edition came out, like Emily said earlier, they did remove any trace of, like, demons and the devil and Mm. anything like that. So whilst the sales did boost in the second edition, they definitely did Mm. remove some words so that it wasn't... uh, Mm. It would be a very... This is going to sound conspiracy. And obviously, this isn't true. It's a very clever marketing plot, don't you think, though? Obviously, I'm not saying in any way that the whole thing was orchestrated by the creators, but it would be a clever yeah, marketing plot. Yeah, because it could have gone the other way. Yeah, exactly. I, don't know, I, just, um, I just think like, yes. the money rising there. Yeah. That is a that is a huge increase of profit. Like they did very well in nineteen eighty, mm. um, and obviously there's been multiple editions since. So it continues to do really well. It continues to be one of the world's largest role playing games. Mm. Um, it's been seen a lot in pop in, uh, like pop culture. There was a book. So there was so Jack T. Chick created something called Dark Dungeons, and there was a girl. She was involved in Wicca and the occult. Um, and had a cult training from Dungeons and Dragons, which again is very stereotypical for the Wicca hmm. like community that like you obviously have to be evil and of course like, devil worshiping training, which is not at all what Wicca is. That is something that came up in also Scooby Doo and and mm. was, it, was it the Zombie Island one? And you had the Wiccas there. Yeah. They were the Hex Girls. 
great band. Ex- oh, but even great like the, band. You know, but even the their marketing, like talking like they're a real band. You know what I mean? It was all that very we're dark and witchy, and we're gonna put a spell on you. So it's you know, even in the media, yeah, we trade as that. That was just a Scooby Doo well, podcast. We, now Wicker is seen as something like a lot of people don't see it as a, as an actual thing, and well, actually, it's it's um quite a peaceful and mm. lovely um religion that people follow and i am really interested in and i'm doing loads of research on it and actually do follow some of um like i'm trying to follow more and more of what they do and the practices that they have and and i think it is seen as uh, you know well, they're witches they're dark they obviously mm. you know follow the devil um which is not the case at all um but in uh, dark dungeons the girl converts to christianity um of course and then rejects the game burns it and then ultimately avoids hell in which it's stated in dark dungeons that every D player will go to hell i feel like i've seen this or i feel like i've seen something similar with it because i remember seeing a program um I don't know if it was UK based though, when it was that same kind of thing where they would have people. Oh, what is the. Um, is it LAP? LARP? Is that when, when it's um, live action? Yeah, live action LARP, isn't it? Where they were doing that. And I yes. think it then twisted into that kind of, no, this is bad. We need to reject it. And it. So I, I feel like I've seen that movie. And if I have, it's definitely an interesting retelling of how Dungeons and Dragons works. I'm gonna I'm gonna check up on that later. <laughs> I'll yes, let you all know next week. Is... <laughs> yeah, definitely. But like, it is it is interesting, and um, like there was actually again more stuff in 1984. Neil Stevenson's novel, The Big U, a live action D and D player, like a live action role player. Um, I don't think it's actually specifically stated that it's D and D, but they're a, they're a role player for a game. Dies in tunnels when they're playing a live action of the game, um, and another player becomes mentally unstable because of this and has a hard time distinguishing reality from um, the game, which is um, could also be a link to Stranger Things. It does sound like it could maybe be. Yeah. a little bit of an influence <laughs> um and obviously it's been in stranger things huge part of stranger things mm. like i think there was a big resurgence of people playing and getting into it and buying the game mm. because of stranger things you can buy a stranger things version mm. of the game um so it's pretty big um and then in 1997 uh, wizards of the coast purchased dnd from tsr um and started to reintroduce devils and demons and um all that kind of thing so now these games have it back in to it um the stuff that was taken out has been reintroduced it's back in there i don't think it's seen as much of a like danger Mm. as much anymore i'm sure it still is Mm by a fair few people but satanic panic was definitely something like of the 80s when these things were not fully understood and there wasn't a lot of like psychological research and 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 much of an understanding and i think most of some things like this that happened does come from a lack of 
understanding, really. Hmm. No, yeah, I, I agree. And it is really interesting how it is woven into the show, I think, without us them actually ever really telling us that this kind yeah, of fear oh, 100%. is woven in. So um, the other day I did a bit of searching on the Spotify playlist that they actually released for it. So um, yes. if you don't know, so see, I think it was pre-season two in the promo stuff that uh, Netflix um, did like a team up um, with Spotify and you could do like this personality test. Mine was apparently Jonathan is my most closest personality type for music, which I disagree with. Um, but um, I can see that though. See, that's the only thing I can. But also, the music on his playlist is not as good as the music on other people's playlists. Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, I had a look at the one that was done for Will because obviously he's the one that's been most affected by he's also emily's favorite character if you didn't know that right now but also he's the one that is most affected <laughs> by <laughs> he's actually got a really good playlist on there actually though i recommend listening to that because there are some top quality songs on there there are some really good songs on there anyway i digress i was looking through the playlist to see what um if there was any kind of links to this and there are a good few mentions to the devil and demons and this kind of thing so it does make you it does make you wonder if if they are going to kind of pull the D&D is actually a lot closer related to I guess the occult if we want to use that word than we think yeah. within the show and obviously Definitely, I should like... say that the playlist I think they're official but obviously they're not going to be the duffers haven't gone round and said yes this song does definitely relate to this so i think every breath you take is in there for will which i wouldn't associate but there you go so you know what i mean that obviously take it with a yeah. pinch of salt but there, no, there's some interesting ones in there definitely and, and i do think like if you think about what is at the root of the show and, and what always sort of has stemmed from the show it has always been D D. Mm. and i think looking at it now in hindsight of knowing about these cases knowing about mm. satanic panic and knowing about what happened and the, the attitudes that people had you can definitely see how that could play a part mm. now like in in the show um, and continue to play a part. And I think that it's such an interesting part of history. Mm. Um, you know, because a lot of people would associate, you know, loads with, with rock music, people thought it was so dangerous for so many people, you know. It was seen as mm. awful. And, and again, like, you know, games, video games, board games, anything that was slightly, you know, like even mm. the Ouija board, was a game it was a like i think it was hasbro it was a hasbro board game i believe it was hasbro and now it's this like thing where you're going to summon ghosts and evil things there's so many movies about the dangers of ouija boards Mm -hmm. and don't play don't use a ouija board they're dangerous things where it was literally Mm -hmm. a board game it's interesting though because even now even though I'm not a ghosty person and I don't believe in it, but I would still would not do a, a Ouija board. And I don't know why thing, I just wouldn't use a Ouija board. But this is such a thing because they've become such a big part 
of uh, of this like don't use Ouija boards, mm. don't do them, you know, and mm. and even little things like Bloody Mary game and stuff. It it was still a game, mm. um, and it, and obviously like it is interesting to see the evolution of these things and how us as humans have treated mm. certain things, which did just start as an innocent game played mm. amongst children and teenagers mm. and and you know and, and what that's become so i don't know i find the the whole satanic panic thing really interesting and, and i find how much of an impact that's then had in the media and popular culture mm. i think that that's actually really good and i definitely I, I wouldn't be surprised if stranger things do go down the route of it's a dangerous thing i think they've got to i think especially with once again, not going to say it for legal reasons, but if you've seen the photo, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, especially with that scenario going on and things that have possibly been floating around the internet about that scenario. It does sound yes. very... It sounds dark. And it sounds yeah. like they are definitely going to address the satanic panic in some yeah. way it just makes me wonder then who's the adult then that's gonna go no because it wouldn't be a joyce Byers. like joyce no okay. joyce is pretty chill yeah karen and i don't think karen and ted are like aware enough maybe, maybe dustin's um, mum then claudia i i get i get yeah claudia henderson wouldn't surprise me i was gonna say maybe we switch up our question of the week and ask you guys who do you think is is the the adult that's gonna say uh uh-uh. uh, or it could be Lucas and Erica's mom because Erica now has the game. Oh, that is the point. Like she now has an actual copy of the game mm. in their household. Mm. Um, or yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it were, or but it it wouldn't surprise me if it was Claudia Henderson for reasons that we could not legally say. I think <laughs> I think Claudia is, Henderson. I think it's gonna be Claudia Henderson. <laughs> Me too, me too. What do you guys think? Who do you think is going to be? Maybe Ted Wheeler will surprise us and he'll be like, actually, I hate this game. I mean, But to be honest, he is someone that seems to believe lots of things that the news tell him and the government have told him, you know. He's quite a, this is bad, you know. Elle's a Russian spy. She's dangerous. The Russians are bad. Like, he's very... Mm. So, you know, if, if he got wind of it, and realise he might have that opinion. Hmm. The only one that would be chill is Joyce, and she's the one whose son went missing and has had loads of stuff done. But yeah, I think at this point Who she's probably just think? like anything could happen to him at this point. He touched his neck for a season, and now I've got the girl <laughs> that replaced him when he went missing living with me. So I feel like at this point it's just yeah. like I don't know. Anyone could walk through this door and anything that could happen that I just don't care. <laughs> Troy Bolton in Utah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we yeah, love to know question of the week. Who do you think is going to be the one if it does play a part? Well, do you think it is going to play a part? And who do you think is going to be the ones that hmm. say it's bad? In the meantime, <laughs> you can catch us on... Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever you can hear 
the podcast. You can also catch us on our yes. social media, which is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which is at Hawkins Podcast, Tumblr, which is Hawkins Do You Copy, and YouTube, which is also Hawkins Do You Copy. Full videos are now on YouTube as well. So if you are a visual person, YouTube is now allowing us to upload the full episodes. So if you want to watch the podcast, along, uh, like rather than just listening to it, definitely go check out our YouTube channel where there are full podcast videos and also other videos to do with Stranger Things on there as well. And see our wonderful faces. Yes, exactly. Absolutely wonderful. Um, thank you for tuning in to episode 15 of the Hawkins Do You Coffee podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. Over and out.